Despite being one of the most well-documented and discussed periods of history, the true roots of the French Revolution and Napoleonic era remains largely obscured. As his book will make abundantly clear, that is no mere accident. Discover the conspiracy at the heart of one of the bloodiest eras in human history. In Anatomy of a Revolution, the true story of the French Revolution and Napoleonic Wars by Scipio Eruditus. Available exclusively at thefirmamentalpodcast.com. Pre-millennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible, as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Rusiello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Folks, this is Joe Russiello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And you know, folks, as always, wherever and whenever you're listening, it's always, always, always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. All right, folks, and we are live, well, barely, once again, from the asylum here in uh, beautiful downtown Eagle Pass, Texas. And it is a beautiful, beautiful Thursday evening here. Uh, we got beautiful, cloudless skies tonight. We get the chance to see the sun. Um, well, well, yeah, in some ways, the sun on one side of the sky, the moon on the other. Uh, that's because we live in a marvelous plane that our God has created for us. And it's a wonderful, wonderful experience, especially when you come to the realization that we are not living on a, 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 a globular earth. It's a wonderful, wonderful, liberating feeling, and, uh, and I hope that one day you will get there. Uh, but it is, again, a beautiful night here in Eagle Pass, and uh, we are so thankful to the Lord that we have the opportunity to be here with you tonight. And, uh, and uh, you know, I'm looking forward to getting some more feedback. You know, we've been getting some messages about how we're doing here with the, uh, with the new setup, with the website, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. And uh, uh, so please keep letting us know what we're doing and what we're doing wrong, especially because way we can fix that and make this a, a great experience for everyone uh, that's taking the time out of their busy day to listen to us, first of all, live, and then later on as a podcast as, the, uh, as, the, uh, as, as we send it out through our, distrib- it, or through our distribution. I will figure out the English language one of these days, folks. Uh, I'm sorry. We'll get there. It's been a long day. All right. <laughs> it's been a long day. Now, last week... Last week, we launched into a whole new, albeit short series, that we call the Indicators of the Last Days. And uh, there are about seven, maybe eight, 
or so indicators that are out there uh, in the Word of God that, that are taking place right here, right now, in this time in which we live. And uh, it's a very, very exciting time, especially if you're a Bible believer and you look at that book and, uh, and, and you see everything that God has been laying out for us coming to pass. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. It's an exciting thing. And, uh, you know, all I can tell you is, you know, like the Bible says, lift up your head for your redemption draweth nigh, folks. It's a, it's a great thing. Now, last week, we talked about God's numbering system. Uh, we talked about his calendar. And uh, one of the things that we said was, uh, you know, we just don't know exactly where we're at on the calendar. And then, of course, you know, we gave you several reasons for that. Now, tonight, we're going to talk about the physical restoration of Israel, which, you know, as far as I'm concerned, has to be probably the greatest miracle in our lifetime. And it, it really is. And, I, and I, I, I dare you to change my mind. All right. Um, but before we get into our Bible study tonight, I'm going to ask you to do just a couple of quick things for me. First of all, would you head over to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, head over to our contact section, open up that form and send us over a message. Let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, cares, or concerns that you might have. Uh, and um, you could also send over your prayer request. You know, one of the things that I look forward to all the time is getting the prayer request. I, I enjoy taking time with the Lord to pray over the things that are that are of a concern to you. And uh, it, because what concerns you also concerns me. You know, the Bible tells us as believers, we're to bear one another's burdens. And that's uh, incredibly important. So uh, so please, don't hesitate to send over those prayer requests. Now, I know in the past we had done prayer lists, um, but it started to get uh, problematic in, in following up with folks on, the, on their prayer concerns. A lot of times people would send us a prayer list or a prayer request, and uh, we would reach out to them for some updates on those things, and we, we wouldn't be able to reach them or get in contact with them. So uh, we ended up praying for things that weren't necessarily uh, needed to be prayed about anymore. So uh, we decided at this point right now we're just going to suspend the prayer list. But, I, but, I, I, but if you send over your prayer requests, I promise you folks, I do pray for those things. It's a privilege to spend time with the Lord. And it's a privilege to be able to, uh, to, to pray over these things with you and for you. So uh, don't forget to send those over. Now, if you don't want to use the web form that we have, you could always email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And uh, we'll definitely be sure to, uh, to get you on our prayer list. Um, also, if you would, when you head over to the website, uh, please uh, 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 look for the support button that we now have on our homepage. Uh, our, our, our brother, our, our brother in Christ and our producer, Claude, has done a spectacular job in, uh, in boosting up our website, uh, making it look much more professional than it, than it actually did before, and uh, you know, in helping us out in, in getting us into the, uh, the, the podcasting 2.0 environment. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to do and to be a part of, and I am so excited about it. Uh, it opens up so many opportunities for this particular podcast uh, to get the Word of God out. And um, you know, we are looking at uh, and using most of the new uh, modern podcasting apps. And uh, Brother Claude, if you're listening, you could just correct me on this one because I forgot to put it in my notes for the opening. But uh, the uh, uh, the the new podcasting uh, 
modern podcasting platforms that are out there. Uh, there is a website for it. Uh, I think it's podcastindex.com, if I'm not mistaken. Brother Claude will correct me if, uh, if I'm wrong on that. And uh, if I am wrong, I'll get the right thing to you. And uh, one of the other things that, that, uh, that Claude has, has brought us into is the, the whole value-for-value value concept. And uh, in some ways, you can look at what, what Brother Claude did with our website. Uh, and also, they, believe me, he's doing 101 other things behind the scenes for us that are just absolutely incredible. Incredible, and we're really excited, and we're looking forward to to bringing those to uh, fruition uh, as they develop. And also, also, we have uh, been talking about another project uh, that we we might be undertaking. So that's going to be exciting as well. So I'm looking forward to doing that as well. And uh, yes, thank you, sir. Uh, it is linked on the website. It's podcastapps.com. Right? Did I get it right? Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, it's podcastapps.com. Uh, check those out. Some great podcasting apps. And, you know, we're not talking about big corporate organizations like Spotify and and, and, uh, and, and Apple and, and all that. We're talking about, you know, small groups of people working on these apps and developing them and, and getting the material out there and, and just keeping them going and moving. So it's, 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 they're great apps. You should definitely check them out. One of the apps that I like to use right now and I use quite frequently is an app called Fountain. Definitely need to check that out. You, uh, into very much involved with the value for value. Very much in, involved with the podcasting 2.0 concept. Uh, you could uh, you could boost shows on there. You could uh, you can donate uh, cryptos. You can do all types of independent developers. Right. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Uh, it's it's great having a producer now because he keeps me on track. It's wonderful and. Uh, and uh, if and j just in case you haven't realized who I'm talking about, uh, go back into the archives of the show and you'll find we spent, I think it was like three hours almost, uh, on, on uh, one of our shows with Brother Claude talking about a, a number of different things. And uh, it's a great, great conversation. You should definitely check that out. Um, so uh, as I was saying about the value for value, it's, it's great. If, so basically what that is, is that if you are gaining some value out of what we're doing and you can, you can uh, contribute to us, I call it the three you can do your your uh, your time, talent, or treasure, uh, like Brother Claude is an example. You could say that he's donating his his time and his talent uh, in in helping us get into uh, compliance with the podcasting 2.0 uh, universe, if, if I can use that word. And I'm going to put my phone away because I'm getting distracted by looking at the messages coming in. So <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Um, we are uh, so so yes. Our brother Claude, you know, he's doing great work for us, and we really do appreciate everything he's doing. There is a link on the website, so if you are interested in uh, in getting more information about what we're doing and what he's doing for us, and how that could apply to you, if you're interested in this type of thing, definitely reach him out. You could uh, click that link down there, or you could also email him at producer at sort of the spirit podcast dot com. All right, now if you when you do go over to that support. Uh, page that we have, uh, you can now contribute any amount. We're not locking anybody into any monthly recurring contributions anymore. Uh, you can donate any amount. And again, you can also donate your time and your talent as well as your treasure. And so, you know, we're excited about that. But before you do any of it, whether it's time, talent, or treasure, I want you to pray about it. If the Lord leads you to do it, and if these podcasts and the live broadcasts that we've been doing have been a blessing to you in any way, and if you'd like to become an active part of this ministry, your contributions 
really do go a long way, you know. And uh, what we do, your contributions, first of all, your contributions go to help us keep things going here. Your contributions help us to purchase Bibles and other materials that folks request and that we can send out. Uh, your contributions are actually going out also to active missionaries that are around the world that are serving the Lord and preaching the Word of God. And, uh, you know, to folks that in, in many ways may never have had an opportunity to hear it. So your contributions go out there. And I'm, I'm telling you, you know, just think of how wonderful, how, how absolutely incredible it's going to be when you get to glory and you find out that, that your small contribution led to the salvation of a man and his family or a child or how many people numerous numerous hundreds of people could could be getting saved because of your contribution to an active missionary that's out there just think about that think of the reward and think of how great it's going to be when some some little kid comes up to you while you're standing over there looking over the banister of glory at at everything going on in the world and this little little child comes up to you and tugs you on your on your on your white robe there and says hey thank you well for what well, because your, your, your gift got me a Bible, and because of that, I got saved. <laughs> Just think about that. Think about the jewel in the crown you're going to get for that. That's a real blessing, folks. It's a real blessing. So consider a contribution to the show, uh, and we would be extremely, extremely thankful for it. Now, as always, uh, I always want to take just a quick moment here and just, you know, first and foremost, want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ for, for, the, for the incredible gift of salvation. You know, 23 years ago, I was a sinner on my way to hell, and uh, I didn't really care, to be quite honest with you. And you all heard my story. You're, you've heard my testimony many, many times already. I'm not going to bore you with the details, and I really can't go into too many more details about it now because basically, you know, we're in a we're in a contract right now with a major, uh, you know, motion picture studio, and you know, we're trying to work out the details here and probably get some famous guy to play me. Who knows? We'll see. But um, uh, you know, I I, it, I I had been searching for the Lord, and in, in all seriousness, I had been searching for the Lord, and. Uh, you know, God had directed a number of different people in my path uh, to 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 kind of you know work His way through this thick Sicilian skull of mine. It took a lot. It took a lot. It took it took over twenty years of God working on me to get me to the point where I just came to. I just realized that there's nothing I can do in and of myself to save myself. That I had to put my full faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you haven't done that yet, what are you waiting for? What are you holding on to that's so important? Folks, I, there is nothing on my schedule that's more important than the rapture of the church. I can cancel everything and not miss it for one second. I am so excited about the time that we are living in because, folks, he's coming. He's standing at the door. He's waiting. And when that moment comes and he could open up that door and come charging on through, oh, folks, what a glorious day that's going to be. And if you're saved, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, if you've put your full faith, trust, and confidence in, in his shed blood, you're going to be coming back with him. After the rapture, of course, you'll be coming back with him. 
got to remember, I, I for, sometimes I forget that there might be new people listening. And uh, you might not have heard everything else that we've been teaching on this, you know, but, but the rapture and the revelation, two different things. The rapture happens first, and then about seven years later is the revelation. A lot of times people put those two things together and it gets really confusing. And that's why you have all the schisms and the isms and the whatnots in, in modern Christianity. That's why you have people taking passages in Matthew 24 and trying to apply it to the church when it has nothing to do with the church whatsoever. But I digress. I'm going to start preaching soon, and I don't want to do that because I'm going to take us way off, and I'm going to get crazy. So, of course, I want to thank the Lord for the gift of salvation. And, again, folks, if you have not come to the Lord Jesus Christ, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to do it. Now, of course, I also want to say thank you to the Lord for giving me the opportunity to serve him in, in every capacity that he's given me. And, you know, when you think about it, you go back and you realize just how many things God has done and moved the, the, the pieces around the chessboard to get you into a, situa- into a position or, or a situation where uh, you're ministering to somebody, you're giving somebody the gospel, you're talking to somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, that's a tremendous, tremendous opportunity to serve. And, of course, I thank the Lord also for the opportunity to, to serve him in this capacity, you know, doing a podcast, doing a live podcast. This is amazing. And I think that the reason why that I, I, I love what I'm doing so much, it's because it was through this medium that I came to Christ. Well, not podcasting specifically, but through a, through a, a radio ministry. I heard that radio program up in New York 20, 23 years ago, and you know, and it, it got me to the point where I picked up that phone. I called that preacher that I heard on the radio talking about hell and who's going there. I called him. We made it a point to meet together. We sat down, had a meal. He told me everything I was doing was okay, but I didn't need any of that. And he took every book that I had in front of me, and he pushed them all out onto the floor, and he goes, you don't need any of this stuff. All you need is this. And he put his King James Bible on the table in front of me. And from that point on, there's no looking back. I am so thankful, so thankful for, the, for, for that ministry, and I am so thankful that it led me here with you. What a blessing it is for me, and I hope it's a blessing for you. And, you know, uh, and again, it's just this platform that God has given me through this podcast. And, you know, this, this podcast has been distributed across the country. It's been uh, distributed all across this beautiful plain on which we live. You know, it's a platform that gives the opportunity to me, a, a, a nobody, a stubborn, thick-headed Sicilian. It gives me a platform to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. And that, my friends, is the most important part of any ministry. Now, folks, I also want to say thank you to all of you who support us prayerfully. Thank you so much for all of your prayers, and God bless you for them. Please continue to pray for us. Please continue to pray for our ministry. Uh, please continue to pray for uh, for my family, for me, for Brother Claude, and, and for everything that he's doing. And uh, if you don't know Brother Claude, I mean, he carries a pretty big load, so he could use your prayers. So please continue to pray for us and thank you for them. Also want to say thank you to all of you who already support us financially. God bless you for your financial support and thank you so very much for for your sacrifice and your contributions. Again, folks, you know your your contributions really do help us out. It goes so far, so very far and into places that you're not going to find out about 
until you are in glory. And then, of course, we also want to say thank you to all of our listeners, every single one of you who have been faithfully listening in to everything that we've been putting out there. You know what? We, we kind of fell off a little bit on the Good Pods platform. We On the, uh, the top 100 for the week, we dropped down, I think, to like number 18 or 19 or so. But you know what? I checked today. Uh, and guess what? <laughs> in the matter of just a few days, we are back in the number one spot on the weekly top 100 on Good Pods, and that's because of you. And thank you so very much for that. And it's not patting ourselves on the back or anything like that. And it, all that means to me is, is that when people log into Good Pods and they look at those lists and they see that there's a Bible study podcast and in a number one spot, not just on one category, but five categories, well, wouldn't that spark your curiosity? And you know what? That person might listen in and they might hear something and they may get saved. That's the goal of all of this, folks, is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ and to see folks get saved. So, again, thank you so much for listening in, and thank you so much for your faithfulness, and thank you so much for everything that you're doing to help promote this show. Now, folks, also the easy thing to do is just to remember to, to, to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. Because when you do that, you're helping us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, I think I've rambled on long enough. How about we get to some of our announcements? Right, folks, uh, again, this is our Thursday night Bible study. We generally start at 7 o'clock tonight. We kind of kicked it off just a little bit late. I got delayed at work, and by the time I got back here and, and got myself situated, uh, just, man, the, the clock just kept on going and going and going, and there was just one thing after another kept us from getting this thing ready to go on time. But here we are. It is Thursday night. Normally, we start at 7 o'clock, and... Uh, um, uh, we're right now currently doing our our new study on the uh, indicators of the last days. And again, last week we talked about God's clock. We talked about God's calendar. And now this week we're going to be talking about uh, God's plan for the Jew, for the resettling of the Jew in, in, uh, in Palestine. We're talking about... Um, it, which is probably, honestly, the, probably one of the greatest miracles in our lifetime in our lifetime. And, and it's something that's just, it, it blows you away when you actually look at it and think about it. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Also want to tell you, uh, to, to remind you about our Sermon Sunday broadcast. And our uh, and that begins at 3 p.m. on Sunday afternoon, Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can hear the live broadcast right here on our website, Sword of the Spirit Podcast. Dot com, and just click that live button, and boom, there you go. And obviously, you know that because you're listening, right? <laughs> okay. Now, um, uh, now this coming Sunday, we're going to be talking about uh, the second part of a short series we started on the security of the believer, and uh, we're excited for that one. And and it's going to be a great study, and uh, have the outline already put together. Just got to put some meat on the bones, as they say. And once we get that done, uh, you know, we'll, we're really looking forward to it. And then we'll figure out where we're going to go on from there uh, into the next uh, Sermon Sunday uh, 
portion of our of our ministry here. And uh, we're already looking at, at what we're going to be doing on Thursday nights when we finish this uh, this series on the indicators, which should take about seven, maybe eight weeks to do. So really exciting, really, really exciting time for us. And uh, and I hope you're getting a blessing out of this as well. All right, folks. Now, if uh, you are in the Eagle Pass area and you are looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, why don't you consider paying us a visit over at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study meets at 7 p.m. Now, if you want to get more information about the church, just head over to the church's Facebook page. And to do that, just uh, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. And then once you get there, you're going to find a lot of really helpful information and also episodes of this podcast. And we also want to give a shout out to a, uh, a, a new follower on our uh, on the the church's Facebook page. Martha, thank you so much for your follow. And thank you for sharing our information out. And uh, we really do appreciate that. Now, um, again, once you get to the website, you're going to find a lot of really helpful information, and also you'll find episodes of the podcast. You know, all the archived episodes are there as well. And we are so very thankful to the folks at First Baptist Church for allowing us the opportunity to post the show on the church's Facebook page. Like, like I've told you, I don't have a Facebook page. I, I don't need a Facebook page necessarily, and to, to be very honest with you, I don't want a Facebook page. But uh, but we're thankful that the church allows us to do it. It's, it really is a blessing and a help. And, of course, I want to say thanks to our pastor and, and my great friend, uh, John Monk, for all of his support, his encouragement, uh, his enthusiasm about this, his unbridled enthusiasm. Those of you who know will know. And uh, it is, uh, it's a real blessing to have him uh, uh, praying for us as well. Great, great pastor, great friend. Great man of God, great man of the fam, uh, to it in his family, and uh, just really a, a blessing uh, from the day that he came into my life, and uh, I am really thankful that God placed me in the church that he's pastoring. All right, folks, uh, Chase Tobin, I've, I've mentioned this this guy all the time. Uh, actually, I, I had a, a couple of uh, messages through him, with him through our uh, the show's Twitter account, our, our X account. And uh, he's been checking out the website. He's really excited and stoked, is, was his words. And uh, we're, th- we're thankful uh, that, uh, uh, that, that we have that communication with each other, and we're thankful that he's praying for us. And uh, we're going to get him on the show very soon, uh, very, very soon. We have been planning on something like that since, uh, I think, November last year. And uh, we're going to do that very soon, as soon as we can uh, get that whole setup ready with the, with the new setup that we're doing here with the new equipment that we have. Uh, once we can get that all taken care of, we're going to get him on the show. I'm really excited for you guys to talk to him and to hear what he has to say on our platform here. Now, his show is the Three Pillars Podcast, and the Three Pillars Podcast, of course, focuses on your spiritual growth uh, based upon the three pillars of fitness, spiritual, mental, and physical. Now, Brother Chase puts out a new episode every week, every Friday, sometimes Saturday mornings, and they are a real blessing, short and sweet. Not like me. He doesn't. He, he doesn't ramble on for hours and take up a lot of your time. But uh, but Chase has a, has a new episode every Friday and Saturday morning. Definitely need to check him out. Now, if you want to see the video version, head over to his YouTube uh, channel at the Number Three Pillars Podcast. You can find him on Rumble, which is 
like I always say, my personal preference uh, on Rumble. You can get him also at the number three Pillars Podcast. And uh, you can check him out on his website, threepillarspodcast.wordpress.com. Now, if you want the audio version, well, he's on all of your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and so many more. I'm not going to go through the whole list, but uh, definitely check him out, and uh, you'll, you'll be totally blessed by it. Absolutely blessed. Now, folks, also want to remind you uh, to uh, head over to our website and sign up for the programming announcements. Now, uh, we have a little change in, in, in the format for that. Um, uh, if the subscription link that's on the website isn't working for you for whatever reason, you could just shoot me an email or at, uh, at, at info at sortofthespiritpodcast.com, or you can shoot one over to Claude at producer at sortofthespiritpodcast.com, and then we'll manually add you to the list. Now, the great thing about our list here is, first of all, it's, it's free. And uh, you know what that means, right? It means it don't cost you nothing. And then uh, also, we don't sell your information. We don't share your information. We don't do anything with it except keep it in our little files here. And uh, we'll send out a, a notice to you if there's any changes in our programming schedule. Now, um, we're not going to spam you. We're not going to send you stuff that you're not interested in getting. And we're not going to advertise uh, for stuff through our uh, mailer. It's strictly for the programming announcements. All right. So if you're not on the list, you need to get on the list and stay in the know. All right. Moving on here. Let's see. We're going to tell you a little bit about one of our partners here, our, one of our uh, new partners, the War Tribe Armory, located here in beautiful Eagle Pass, Texas, uh, right up here on US 57. Now, the War Tribe Armory is a veteran-owned and operated uh, establishment, so I would encourage you, if you're in the area, to uh, come on over and check them out. Uh, they have a ton of different services for you. If, you, if you're looking for Cerakote for your firearms, if you're looking for engraving, cleaning, uh, stippling, restoration, um, refinishing, if you have repairs that need to be done on your weapon. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, there are two folks that uh, I know of that have reached out and, and uh, went over to the uh, War Tribe Armory, and they're getting, their, they're getting some old firearms that they had uh, like passed down from, from grandfather to father to, to son and daughter and and so forth. And uh, they're taking their weapons over there to get them cleaned and get them restored and, and, and tested out to make sure that they're still usable. And uh, they got a great deal. So you should definitely check them out if that's what you're interested in. Now, also, if you are purchasing firearms, uh, you need to know this. Uh, you might not. You might. I don't know. But uh, if you purchase a firearm, like I just uh, just a couple of days ago, purchased a uh, a, a beautiful Smith and Wesson nine millimeter uh, from uh, Palmetto State Armory. Uh, you could you, they will ship it to a federal firearms licensed dealer, and the War Tribe Armory guys are FFL dealers. So uh, the weapon will be be uh, sent over to them, and then I'll go pick it up when it gets there. And that's that's uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, if you're looking for custom builds on a weapon, hey, these guys will will build you an AR-15 from the ground up to exactly your specs, and they'll do it at a great price. So you should definitely look into that. Uh, they'll help you out with other gun sales that you're looking to do. They'll 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 find the weapon you're looking for if you can't find it for yourself, and they have great prices on that. As a matter of fact, I have them pricing out something for me right now. Uh, if you need magazines, holsters, uh, if, if if you have trade-ins or interested in trade-ins. Hey, you know, these are the guys that can do it for you. Now, you can uh, find them on Instagram at wartribe.armory. You can find them on Facebook at wartribearmory. Or you can email them at wartribearmory1133 at gmail.com. 
Great guys, and I suggest that you check them out if you're in the area. All right. Uh, also, want to tell you about uh, uh, Scipio Eruditus and his new his book coming out, The Anatomy of a Revolution. Uh, you can head over to revolutiananatomy.crd.co to uh, get yourself on the uh, pre order pre order list, or you can head over to uh, another great podcast. By the way, the the fundam- the uh, the fundamental. I, I did it again. The firmamentalpodcast.com, and you can get yourself on a list uh, on the uh, pre order list there as well. Great podcast, by the way. You should check them out on our on our newly designed website, redesigned website. We actually have a list of uh, our recommended podcasts, and the Fermental Podcast is on that list. So you should definitely check them out. I would not steer you wrong. Neither would Brother Claude. So you know we're on. You're, you're in good hands with us. All right. Now I have the commercial Allstate. You know. Anyway, uh, so uh, head over to uh, revolutionanatomy.crd.co. Uh, get yourself on the pre-order list for the Anatomy of Revolution, and uh, we're also going to be getting. Uh, Scipio on the Sword of the Spirit podcast to talk about his book, his salvation, and his relationship with the Lord in uh, in, in a couple of weeks, I think, and uh, and we're looking forward to that as well. Smart guy, smart guy. I, I've heard him speak. A smart guy. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so definitely check it out. All right. So uh, last week I mentioned to you that sword swag is no more. So uh, we're not going to be uh, carrying any more of the uh, merchandise right now because we are redesigning how we are going to be distributing it in the future. So, and I'm also looking for a new vendor, uh, something to get a better price on things because honestly, folks, I mean, the, the, the products were, were good, good quality products, no doubt about it. Otherwise, I wouldn't put my show's name on it. But... Uh, I think we could do better on pricing, and I, I sometimes I think that it's a little bit pricey to, to expect someone to uh, to donate twenty five thirty bucks for a coffee cup, you know. But that's where we see them everywhere else. But you know, I think we could do better than that. So we're we're shopping around for a, for a local vendor and uh, see what we can come up for you. So uh, we'll let you know when that comes about. And in the meantime, uh, just hang in there. All right. Uh, let's hit the socials a little bit. Uh, so we are on, uh, on, on, on Twitter and X TikTok at the SOTS podcast getter as well at the SOTS podcast, truth social at SOTS podcast. And, uh, also another thing we don't really promote too much, which we probably should is we do have a rumble channel and, uh, you can find us there at SOTS podcast and a locals channel at SOTS podcast. And no, you do not have to have a, uh, a paid membership to locals in order to get our content. We do not ask for anything except a contribution. If you feel, uh, you've received something from this, uh, from this podcast to, uh, to warrant a gift. So, uh, that's where you can find us. Those are all the places you can find us. If there's anything else out there that I don't know about, well, sorry, I don't know about it. All right. Well, folks, what we're going to do here is we're going to take our short break here, and that'll give you a chance to go get your King James Bible, grab yourself a cup of coffee, maybe a bottle of water, and when we come back, we'll be getting into tonight's Bible study on the Indicators of the Last Days, part number two, and we'll be back right after this. Stay with us. Hello, America. It's your favorite president of all time, according to very reliable sources. I've done it all. Built skyscrapers, written bestsellers, and even had my own hit reality show where I perfected the art of the catchphrase. You're fired. Ring any bells? Of course it does. It's fabulous. It's famous. It's fantastic. But even more fantastic is the Great Sword of the Spirit podcast. Joe is a great teacher, folks. He really is. You should listen. 
You might even learn something which would be great. Make Bible studies great again with Joe and the fantastic Sword of the Spirit podcast.
Despite being one of the most well-documented and discussed periods of history, the true roots of the French Revolution and Napoleonic era remains largely obscured. As his book will make abundantly clear, that is no mere accident. Discover the conspiracy at the heart of one of the bloodiest eras in human history. In Anatomy of a Revolution, the true story of the French Revolution and Napoleonic Wars by Scipio Eruditus. Available exclusively at thefirmamentalpodcast.com. This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, folks, welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Ruscello, and uh, I am really excited. I'm, I'm looking at my uh, phone here on the break, and I'm seeing that uh, that one of the uh, new podcast 2.0 platform apps is actually broadcasting our show live right now, and that is big, and I, I that's great. And the app is called uh, Podcast Guru. So if you haven't checked them out yet, I would definitely go check them out, uh, and that's because I appreciate the fact that they're playing us live, and uh, that's that's a blessing, a, a real real blessing. Now, last week we had uh, we started talking a bit about. The indicators of the last days, and if you remember correctly, uh, we had said that uh, you know God has a clock and God has a calendar, and uh, we talked about that a little bit there. Now, if you'll also remember, uh, we were looking at a passage of scripture over in First in, in uh, Second Peter, where uh, where where uh, you know the big question was, you know, where is the promise of His coming? You know, Peter said that. Um, you know, a lot of people are going to be asking that question in the last days. You know, you know, you crazy Bible-believing nutcases, you know, you've been saying that for decades, if not centuries. You know, the Lord's coming back, the Lord's coming back, the Lord's coming back. Well, where is the promise of his coming? 
Well, last week we talked about God's numbering system, and like we said, he does have a numbering system. He does have a calendar. And, uh, you know, we don't know exactly where we are on that calendar, but uh, by the time we get, we get done assessing, you know, all of these various things that, that, uh, that point to his coming, I think that you're going to be in a position where you can, you can you know, fairly well conclude that we are very, very late on the calendar. And I think that's some, that's a conclusion that you're going to end up coming to. All right. Now, um, because of the latest conflict uh, uh, between Israel and Hamas, I, I, I thought, you know, I thought it's appropriate that the next step would be to talk a little bit about the physical restoration of Israel. Now, as, as I indicated earlier, and as far as I'm concerned, this has to be the greatest miracle of our lifetime, of our lifetime. You know, when, when you when you really assess the thing, and you really assess everything that was against this happening. And, and we're going to talk about that uh, when we study anti-Semitism a little bit more. But um, when you understand the odds, the, the statistical probability of Israel ever actually being a national entity in the land of Palestine ever again. I mean, folks, the, the odds were so stacked against it, no poker player would, 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 would even consider playing that hand. But yet God has done it. God's done it. Uh, so th- th- there's a great deal uh, to be observed about that. All right, now, uh, let's talk about the physical restoration of Israel for a little bit, because as I suggested, you know, it's more than a minor miracle. Uh, and again, we'll talk about the, you know, some of the odds against it when we talk about the acceleration of anti-Semitism. But uh, you know, one thing is, it's abundantly clear in the Bible who the land belongs to. And it's abundantly clear who God gave it to. And I guess, you know, if God made it, ultimately, ultimately it belongs to him, doesn't it? Um, if God made the dirt, he ultimately has the right to say who lives on the dirt. Amen? Now, uh, you know, God gave the land to Israel. Would you take your Bibles and let's begin over in Leviticus chapter 25. I'm feeling particularly spiritual today because you know I read all of Leviticus this morning. It's a, it was a blessing, truly a blessing. Uh, I'm kidding, of course. I'm not serious. Uh, no, I'm serious. It's a blessing to read it, but I'm not serious that I read the book this morning. I read it last night. Uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, third book of your Old Testament. All right, Leviticus, chapter number twenty-five. Leviticus, chapter twenty-five and uh, verse twenty-three. Now, God is talking about. Uh, this land that he's led Israel into, and and this is what he says. Uh, Verse 23, the land shall not be sold forever, for the land is mine, for ye are strangers and sojourners with me. So, So God says, you know, the ultimate ownership, the ultimate ownership of the land goes back to me. It's mine. So the Lord, obviously here, he's indicating that you know, he can do anything he wants with it. Wouldn't you agree? He could do anything he wants with it. Go with me over to Joshua in chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Now, not only did God give the land to Israel, he gave it unconditionally. Unconditionally. Uh, but look in Joshua chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. Joshua 1, 2, 3. Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan. Thou and all this people unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. 
Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon that I have given unto you, uh, that have I given unto you as I said unto Moses. Now, I don't know how a thing could be any more clear than that. Amen? I think that's pretty clear. God gave the land to Israel. Now, he stated that 58 times in Deuteronomy alone. 58 times just in Deuteronomy. God rehearses the fact that he gave the land of Canaan to Israel. And he gave it to them unconditionally. Look with me over in Leviticus chapter 26. Leviticus chapter 26. You're almost there, right? Go back. Go back there. Leviticus 26. Leviticus 26 and verse... uh, Can't read my handwriting. Uh, Verse 44. Leviticus 26 and verse 44. And yet for all that, when they be in the land of their enemies, I will not cast them away. Neither will I abhor them to destroy them utterly and to break my covenant with them, for I am the Lord their God. But I will, for their sakes, remember the covenant of their ancestors, whom I brought forth out of the land of Egypt in the sight of the heathen, that I might be their God. I am the Lord. So God said, it's unconditionally yours. I awarded it to you. Now, That's substantiated and bolstered by several things God says about Canaan and Jerusalem. First of all, he says, God's house is in Jerusalem. God's house is in Jerusalem. Well, if God's house is in Jerusalem, I I would kind of think that the people connected to that God would probably have some right to that piece of real estate. Now, what we need to understand here, though, folks, is, is that, you know, the world... The world is very opposed to that concept. Uh, You know, Jerusalem, Jerusalem has been besieged 46 times. It's been razed, R-A-Z-E-D, razed to the ground 17 times. I mean, utterly destroyed 17 times in history. Now, can you name another city that, that, that has a history like that? I mean, nowhere in the world. I mean, not Madrid, not London, not Stockholm, not New York City. I mean, maybe Tokyo after Godzilla wiped it out, you know, 38 times, you know. But 17 times, folks, 17 times it's been leveled, besieged 46 times. And something we have to understand is that anything that God designates as holy is going to be under attack. And when you got into Christ, when you got in Christ and you trusted him as your savior, Peter declares that you're part of a holy priesthood. You're part of a holy priesthood. So guess what? When you get saved, you put on a shirt with a bullseye on it and you become a target. You do. Anything that's holy is going to be under attack. So having said that, let's go over to 1 Kings chapter 8. 1 Kings in chapter 8. 1 Kings in chapter 8. Mm. Took some water today, threw some lemon, some some little bit of lime juice. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Uh, God's house, God's house is in Jerusalem. 
Now, of, you know, of course, we understand that Solomon built a temple there, and uh, you know, and then another temple was was built in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah, and then eventually Haggai. And then Herod added onto that thing, and that was called Herod's Temple. And, uh, you know, there's going to be another temple that'll be reconstructed. And that reconstruction will probably be very soon. And that's the one that the Antichrist is going to set himself up in, and, and, and he'll be the abomination of desolation and demand the worship of the world, and, and it'll be a defiled temple. But then um, there's, there's one more coming after that, a millennial temple. And that's a good one. That's a good one. You can count on that. But be that as it may, you know, all, all of those will be in essentially the same location. All right, 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 48. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 48. And so return unto thee with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their enemies, which led them away captive, and pray unto thee toward their land, which thou gavest unto their fathers, the city which thou hast chosen, and the house which I have built for thy name. All right, chapter 9, verse 3. Now, this is part of Solomon's dedicatory prayer of the temple, uh, that verse that, that we had just read. That was part of the dedicatory prayer of the temple. And just keep that in mind, all right, that that's part of his prayer. All right, chapter 9, verse 3 now. And the Lord said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and thy supplication, thou hast, thou, and, and thy supplication that thou hast made before me. I have hallowed this house which thou hast built to put my name there forever. And mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. So God says, if there is such a thing as an earthly house, and, and, and Solomon indicated in, in that prayer that the heavens couldn't contain God. So he acknowledged that. Amen? He acknowledged that. But the house, the temple, is a demonstration, a, a, a metaphoric picture, if you will, of the house of God. And God says that's where it is. It's right there in Jerusalem. Well, that's not all. God's city is Jerusalem. 1 Kings chapter 8 and uh, verse uh, 44. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 44. If thy people go out to battle against their enemy, whithersoever thou shalt send them, and shall pray unto the Lord toward the city which thou hast chosen, and toward the house that I have built for thy name. Uh, let's go over to chapter 11 and verse 13. Chapter 11 and verse 13. Howbeit, I will not rend away all the kingdom, but will give one tribe to thy son for David my servant's sake, and for Jerusalem's sake, which I have chosen. Jerusalem is God's city. Now, is God holy? Well, maybe that's why it's been besieged as many times as it has. Maybe that's why it's been leveled as many times as it has. Because God has put a holy designation on that place. All right? And, and folks, I'm sorry. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep repeating that. I'm just going to keep repeating it. I want that to sing it to our hearts and minds tonight. If God declares it to be holy, it'll be under attack. You can just plan on it. So God's land is the land of Canaan. Look with me over in Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy 32. The real controversy... And that is that piece of real estate. That's the controversy. And the only reason why, and the only reason the Jew is a point of controversy, the only reason, well, I, well, 
Let me not say the only reason, but there are a couple of others. But the biggest reason the Jew is part of that controversy is because he is the legal heir to that piece of property. Hence, it's a problem. It's a problem. All right? Now, um, what did I say? Deuteronomy 32, right? Deuteronomy 32 and voice, and, and voice verse 43. Rejoice, O ye nations, with his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants and will render vengeance to his adversaries and will be merciful unto his land and to his people. All right, now, we're not going to go there, but you can pick up something similar to that over in Hosea chapter, chapter 9, verse 3. All right? So, God's house is in Jerusalem. God's city is Jerusalem. The land of Canaan is God's. And it has a holy designation to it. And then God's name is in Jerusalem. Deuteronomy chapter 12. Deuteronomy chapter 12. All right. Let's just back up there for a second. You know why the world thinks names are important? Do you know why? The world thinks names are important. I mean, and, and, and that's why they fuss over... Things like the Washington Redskins, right? The Cleveland Indians or, you know, whatever, you know. They just fuss over that. Names. Names. Well, God's name is pretty important. God is, God's only magnified one thing above his name. Do you remember what that is? We talked about it just a couple of weeks ago. God magnified only one thing more than his name. Psalm 138 verse 2. That's his word. His word, thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. All right, Deuteronomy chapter 12 and uh, oh, uh, verse 5. Verse 5, but unto the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of all your tribes to put his name there, even unto his habitation shall ye seek, and thither thou shalt come. The Lord your God shall choose out of all your tribes to put his name there. His name. All right? You find a similar thing over in 1 Kings 11.36. All right? God's mountain is Zion in Jerusalem. Right? Mount Zion. Now, I don't know if you realize this, but there are two Zions in your Bible. Two Mount Zions in your Bible. One is heaven. Uh, Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of our great king, uh, that's heaven. You see? That's heaven. But Jerusalem is another Zion. Now, interestingly and not coincidentally, you, you have the earthly Jerusalem, and, and heaven is called what? New Jerusalem. Is it not? Do you see how those things parallel each other? God gives us earthly things to type heavenly things. All right, now, anyone who stands against this land and its rightful owners does it at their own peril and their own risk. Look with me over in Zechariah chapter 14. Zechariah chapter 14. Second to the last book of your Old Testament. If you find Malachi, just back up to Zechariah. Zechariah 14. See, that's why Americans you know, really do need to be very concerned when the official position of our government is, is in opposition to Israel. You know, honestly, I'm not nearly as concerned about the economy and, and, and the hundred other things uh, the news media, media majors on uh, as I am about that one thing. 
Israel. That should be a great concern to us. All right. Zechariah chapter 14 and verse 1. Love this. I love this passage of scripture. Zechariah 14, verse 1. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. Now, wow. <laughs> Just prior to the battle of Armageddon, all right, the nations of the world are going to be collectively assembled against Jerusalem. All right. I mean, folks, that's how much hatred and, and animosity is going to be generated by the Antichrist and all of his surrogates against that people and against that city. Why? Because God said that it was holy. That's why. And just about the time that Israel thinks, all right, we've had it, you know, we're doomed, you know, we're lost, the Lord shows up. The Lord shows up. And uh, uh, by the way, you're coming with him. If you're saved, you're coming with him. Revelation chapter 19. You're going to be part of that great army. Now, you know, of course, you know, I, when I talked about this in, in, in churches and, and whatnot, you know, I've had ladies come up to me and say, well, I'm a woman. I'm not interested in all that, you know, military stuff. You're going to like it. You, you probably won't even have to lift a hand. You know, you just have to say the word. And most ladies are good at that, right? Just saying the word, right? You're going to enjoy it. You're going to enjoy it you know, in some strange way, you know, obviously. I mean, it... it it's it's going to be you know to to finally see evil be overcome to 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 win a victory for righteousness. I mean, won't that be a blessing? Won't that be a blessing? Because right now that 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 seems to be a very rare thing. All right, now the large question, and folks, believe it or not, this has all been just kind of like introductory material, you know. Um, but the but the large question is, will God? Regather his people Israel to the land of Canaan. Well, he's been, he's been doing that for a little over a hundred years now. Now you know it, it was it was long thought that uh, that that was that would be sociologically impossible that that would never happen. That was that was a that was a thought that that was really something that that was out there, you know. And uh, and 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 folks it's, folks said that would never happen. And in fact, I've t and I told you this before, but it bears repeating. June issue, 1944, Reader's Digest magazine. Three of the world's leading sociologists combined their efforts and wrote an article and the consensus and the conclusion was that it was wretchedly impossible to believe that Israel would be a national entity in the Middle East ever again. You know, it was about that time that, uh, you know, the, the um, newly formed United Nations or, or, you know, shortly thereafter offered them a piece of ground in Africa for Jewish repatriation. And, and that was what we call today essentially Uganda. They said, why don't you guys just go to Africa and we'll give you that country. We'll give you a country down there. And the Jews said, we can't do that. We can't do it. That's not our country. That's not the place that God gave us. He didn't give us Uganda. He gave us Palestine. And so in 1944, the world said it was never going to happen. No big deal. And, and then, you know, through a series of miraculous events that, you know, to this day, to this day, 
No one can really explain how they took place aside from the miraculous work and hand of God. It took just about four years for God to make liars out of the whole bunch of them. And then all of a sudden, 1948, boom. God said, here, I'm going to give you a legal title to this piece of land. Now, Israel's been able to, to expand that every time the Arabs decided they needed to attack them. It seems like, you know, those people would get the idea, but they don't. In the, for example, in, in the 1967 Six-Day War, Israel's land went from 8,000 square miles to 42,000 square miles. You know, they just, you know, even though in the 1967 war, Israel was outnumbered 20 to 1. Folks, 20 to 1. And there were 30 nations that contributed, and, and the three primary nations, uh, uh, Egypt, Jordan, and Syria, as they attacked Israel, 30 other nations were providing support for that attack. You know, weapons and leadership, uh, Russia, Yugoslavia, you know, on and on it goes. And God said, you're not going to win. Folks, don't fight God. He wins. He always wins. Now, so, so will God regather Israel into the land? Well, he's been, he's been pretty busy doing it for quite a while. You know, I, I've had people actually tell me, you know, which demonstrates biblical ignorance, you know, that, that the Bible doesn't teach that Israel will be gathered again. And so, you know, the Zionist movement, as we see it today, is, is just a, a, a geopolitical adventure that has nothing to do with the Bible. Those folks don't read their Bible. And there are more than 25 passages that teach that God would regather the Jews from all over the world and plant them right back there in Palestine. In reality, there's probably triple that amount. But um, when we come back from this break, I'm going to give you a little bit of a history on it. Okay? Folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your, and your followers. Uh, help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, we'll be back right after this. Stay with us. the thing 
your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Oh soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's a light for a look at the Savior And life more abundant and free Turn your eyes upon Jesus Look full in His wonderful face And the things of earth will grow strangely dim In the light of His glory and grace Turn Despite being one of the most well-documented and discussed periods of history, the true roots of the French Revolution and Napoleonic era remains largely obscured, as this book will make abundantly clear that is no mere accident. Discover the conspiracy at the heart of one of the bloodiest eras in human history, in Anatomy of a Revolution, the true story of the French Revolution and Napoleonic Wars by Scipio Eruditus. Available exclusively at thefirmamentalpodcast.com. forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, 
but the wrath of God abideth on him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you, that ye also have seen me, and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is athirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Amen. <clears throat> amen and amen. Hey, folks, welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello. And uh, tonight we've been talking about the, um, the regathering of the, uh, of the Jew in Israel, in Palestine. And uh, it's, it's a fascinating study. It really is. And uh, before we went to the break, we were talking about uh, how there are more than 25 passages alone that teach that, that God would regather all the Jews from around the world and plant them right back in Palestine. And, um, you know, uh, but a statistical summary uh, showing the pattern of Jewish immigration uh, you know, all the way back, uh, you, know, you know, back into the land of Palestine. And uh, it, it's a fascinating thing to look at. It's really a fascinating, you know, way back, let's say in the middle of the 1800s, you know, there was no known Jew in the city of Jerusalem. None, not one, not one, only a handful in the entire land of Palestine. Uh, then uh, by the year 1880, uh, you, you talk about, what, 80 years later, uh, 25,000 of them, in one way or another, made their way back into the land. By 1914, at the beginning of World War I, there were about 90,000 Jews in Palestine. By 1923, there were 180,000. 
1935, 300,000. By 1937, 430,000. By 1945, 500,000. And when independence came in 1948, there were uh, 650,000 Jews in Palestine. After, after independence, immigration became a flood. The first immigrants to come en masse were 25,000 survivors of the Nazi Holocaust. Altogether, 33,000 arrived during the first four months of the state. The new state's first year, first year, total immigrants numbered 204,000. But uh, and 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 but three three more years passed by. You know, an additional 355,000 entered. And by the end of 1965, the total Israeli population was 2.2 million by the end of 1965. By 1969, it was 2.8 million. By 1970, it was 3 million. By 1976, it was 3.5 million. Uh, Of this population today, one-half are now Israeli-born. One-fourth are of European origin. And one-fourth are of Afro-Asian origin. Now, today, the population, the Jewish population, is between five and six million Jews. Now, when you visit with some of these folks, and, and I've had the pleasure and the, and the privilege to, to, to visit with several Jewish folk over the years that have emigrated to Israel. Uh, in fact, you know, one of my best friends since grade school, a uh, nice Orthodox Jewish boy, uh, he moved to Israel several years ago, and uh, you know, it, it, he's, he's loved every minute of it. But, uh, you know, the, spoke, the, the folks that I've spoken to over the years, I would ask them, you know, well, why did you go in the first place? And, and inevitably, and, and even though it's, it's, it's stated in a variety of different ways, it always comes down to this. There's an invisible magnetism that draws them there, and they can't explain it. Well, I wonder what that is. Just maybe. You know, now, whatever you do, don't get excited about your Bible, folks. But it just may be... You know, maybe it's God, because God said he was going to do it. Now, now keep in mind, you know, you say, well, it's the Holy Spirit. Yeah, well, yes, in an indirect way, I'm, I'm sure that's correct. But keep in mind that 99% of these Jewish people are lost. They're not saved Christians, but yet they're still responding to something that God is doing and directing. Why? Because God said he'd do it. All right, let's, uh, let, let's evaluate a few of these passages, okay? Let's, let's evaluate a few of them. So, uh, and I want to do that so you can get the, you know, get the real flavor of, um, you know, what God said when he said he'd, he'd regather his people, Israel, in the land. Of, in the land. All right? Uh, take your Bible, go over to Isaiah chapter number 11. Isaiah chapter 11. <clears throat> Isaiah 11 and uh, verse 11. 11.11, and it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand against again the second time to recover the remnant of his people. All right. When, when did God set his hand the first time to recover the remnant of his people? Do you know? Babylon. Babylon. The, 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 and, and, the, and the Bible books that tell us about that recovery are what? Ezra and Nehemiah. And then later Haggai and Malachi. So, so God gives quite a bit of attention to that recovery. He drew them out of Babylon and Assyria and pulled them back into the land. But it was a remnant. That's all it was. 
All right. Uh, from Assyria and from Egypt and from Pathros and from Cush and from Elam and from Shinar and from Hamath and, and from, the, from the islands of the sea. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Now, little sidebar here. If, 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 if the earth was a globe, would there be corners? Mm. Uh, so they come from everywhere. I mean, they come from China, they come from Australia, they, they come from India and Indonesia, uh, they come from South America and North America, they come from Europe and, and Africa, you know, they, they come from all across Asia, they just keep coming, even though it's difficult to explain. All right, let's get Jeremiah's take on it. Jeremiah 16. Jeremiah 16. Jeremiah 16 and verse 14. Jeremiah 16, 14. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that it shall no more be said, the Lord liveth, that uh, brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. But the Lord liveth, that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north, and from all the lands whither he had driven them. And I will bring them again into their land that I gave unto their fathers. Behold, I will send for many fishers, saith the Lord, and they shall fish them. And after will I send for many hunters, and they shall hunt them from every mountain and from every hill and out of the holes of the rocks. Boy, you know, kind of God kind of gets into almost po poetic language there in verse 16, doesn't he? He gets into hunting and he gets into fishing. And it's no wonder I like the Bible. You know, he said, he said, he said I'm going fishing and I'm going hunting and I'm going to bring them back. You can't miss that. I mean, I mean, folks, how many ways are there to interpret that? How many ways? All right, let's, let's look at our old buddy Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 11. Ezekiel chapter 11. And, and, and while you're looking there, you know, allow me just to, to, to reiterate. When we take a look next week at, at, the, uh, at the universal anti-Semitism, you know, uh, that way preceded the Holocaust, and, uh, and all the odds that were stacked against this phenomenon that's taking place in our lifetime, you really begin to see that, it, that, that it's really an incredible, an incredible miracle of God. Now, you know what makes all the miracles, you know, when you think about it, I'm trying to pick my words carefully here. Not, you know, someone's going to correct me somewhere along the way. But, um, you know, it makes all the miracles in the New Testament look like small potatoes. Because God has just been dealing in the hearts of millions of people. There's no other explanation. You know, no sociologist can explain it. Uh, it, it just, the, the, the only way you can come up with an accurate conclusion is, is just, thus saith the Lord. Amen? All right, now Ezekiel 11 and verse uh, 17. Therefore say, thus saith the Lord God, I will even gather you from the people and assemble you out of the countries where ye have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel. How would you interpret that? How would you interpret? I, I just love it when people say to me, well, you know, that's just your interpretation. Well, if you can come up to any other conclusion, you're pretty dumb. I mean, that's clear, isn't it? Third grade language, third grade English. That's clear. Exactly what God intends to do and what he's doing presently. 
All right, let's go over to, uh, to uh, old Hosea. Good old Hosea. Hosea, if you find Daniel, then you'll find Hosea. Hosea chapter 1. You know, our government, and this is, this is frightening, scary. As an American, this scares me. Our government seems to be determined to continue to insist that Israel abide by, you know, the Madrid peace process, the Mitchell Plan, UN Resolution 242 and 338. Now, and if you don't know what that stuff if you know what if you don't know what all that says, and here it is basically in a nutshell, all that stuff simply says this. They operate under the idea that Israel should give up the land and get nothing in return. And that's what they say. And this isn't a recent thing. This goes back a long way. I mean, this goes back en masse uh, to the first Bush and, and even some before that. But, uh, you know, that's, that's where that, that press, uh, you know, that full court press, you know, uh, if you're familiar with basketball, the full court press really got started. It went on through Bush and, and Clinton and Bush too, and then Obama. And then, then you had Trump who, who said, hey, that's their land and they're, they're not going to give up one inch of it. I mean, and when, when you heard that, honestly, didn't that just bless your heart? I mean, it did mine. It did mine. But now, you know, with this current administration, you know, it's back to the same old, same old. All right, now in Hosea chapter 1 and verse 10. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea. Well, obviously that's not the case yet, right? There's only about 18 million Jews, plus or minus, you know, worldwide, that's all. But, you know, God's got big plans for them, evidently, somewhere down the trail, which cannot be measured nor numbered, and it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, ye are not my people, there it shall be said unto them, Ye are the sons of the living God. Then shall the children of Judah and the children of Israel be gathered together and appoint themselves one head, and they shall come up out of the land, for great shall be the day, shall be the day of Jezreel. So Hosea is on the same bad wagon as, as Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel, you know, all prophesying the same thing. All right, Amos chapter 9. Amos chapter 9. God is regathering his people. Now, we have a clear understanding that, that they're going to be confronted with really difficult times in the near future. We know that. And when it looks like utter annihilation and desperation is collapsing upon them, the Lord's going to come at the last possible moment. Now, and this is another sidebar. This is free. I'm not going to charge you for this one. But it's interesting, isn't it? Literature. It's interesting. You know, and one of the great themes of literature has always been the fair maiden has been captured by the villain, tied up and put on the railroad tracks or, or whatever. You know, you know, about to succumb to the hideous and insidious desires of the wicked witch. And then at the last possible moment, the hero enters the picture on a what? A horse. A horse, right? A white horse. Now the maiden, Revelation 12, is Israel. The villain is the devil, that great seven-headed dragon. And, and the, the hero on the white horse is the Lord Jesus Christ. And I wonder where all these writers ever get the ideas in the first place. Do you know what you are right now? Again, this is literature. It's, it, this is in literature. You're Robin Hood fighting the wicked sheriff, waiting for the king to return. 
So we'll keep stealing from the devil. Every, every time, every time we win a soul to Christ, we're just stealing from the devil. Folks, I love stealing from the devil. I love stealing from the devil. All right, where were we? <laughs> kind of got off to a point there. Where were we? Um, I forgot. Um, Amos chapter 9. Amos chapter 9 and verse 14. And I will bring again the captivity of my people is of my people of Israel, and they shall build the waste cities and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and drink the wine thereof. They shall also make gardens and eat the fruit of them. And I will plant them upon their land, and they shall no more be pulled up out of their land, which I have given them, saith the Lord thy God. All right now, the, the reason I'm skipping through all these prophets is 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 just for you to understand. Uh, this isn't a bandwagon that just one prophet jumped on. They're consistent, aren't they? They're consistent, just one after another after another. They're, they're, they're all on about the same thing. How about Micah, our old buddy Micah, chapter 4? Micah chapter 4 and verse 4. Micah chapter 4, verse 4. But they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree, and none shall make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken it. For the people will walk every one in the name of his God, and we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. In that day, saith the Lord, I will assemble her that halteth, and I will gather her that is driven out, and her that I have afflicted, and I will make her that halted a remnant, and her that was cast far off a strong nation. And the Lord shall reign over them in Mount Zion from henceforth even forever. It hasn't happened yet, but it's on the horizon. Zephaniah chapter 3. Zephaniah chapter 3. You see, I, I've arranged these in order. You know, so you, you just got to keep on going. Zephaniah chapter 3. And believe me, this is not the way I found them, okay? This is the way, it's the way I've arranged them for you. Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse 18. Zephaniah 3, 18. I will gather them that are sorrowful for the solemn assembly, who are of thee, to whom the reproach of it was a burden. Behold, at that time I will undo all that afflict thee, and I will save her that halteth, and gather her that was driven out. And I will get them praise and fame in every land where they have been put to shame. At that time, I will bring you again, even in the time that I gather you, for I will make you a name and a praise among all people of the earth. When I turn back your captivity before your eyes, saith the Lord. So every prophet, every prophet is hung up on the same thing. Every one of them. Now, Jews today are still in anticipation of this great event. They, they, they simply failed to realize and recognize that their Messiah came once, and they rejected him. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Jesus, and, and, and even in God's divine plan, knew that he would have to endure the cross before he could wear the crown. And, uh, you know, by the way, so do you. So do you. You bear the cross before you get the crown. All right, Zechariah chapter 8. 
Zechariah chapter 8, verse 4. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, There shall yet old men and old women dwell in the streets of Jerusalem, and every man with his staff in his hand for, for very age. And the streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in the streets thereof. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If it be marvelous in the eyes of the remnant of this people in these days, should it also be marvelous in mine eyes, saith the Lord of hosts? Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will save my people from the east country and from the west country, and I will bring them, and they shall dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God in truth and righteousness. Who's bringing them? God's bringing them. God's bringing them. So that explains that divine, invisible magnetism that God places in the heart of Jewish people. You know, folks, I have no desire to live there. I don't. You know why? Because I'm not a Jew. That's why. I'm not a Jew. I am perfectly, perfectly content in the Lone Star State. But I'm not a Jew. But do you know where we are? We're in, a, we're in a land that God gave us. And that goes all the way back to the book of Genesis. You know, originally, this land grant was given to a Semitic people. We call them Indians and Eskimos and, you know, all the, uh, you know, the aboriginal type. But uh, then, then later, God said that Japheth shall dwell in the tents of Shem. And so here comes Japheth across the Atlantic Ocean and shiploads and shiploads and shiploads. And here came Japheth across North America, covered wagons, horseback, mules, and oxen. And here he came. If you're content where you are, I mean, and I don't, I mean, not a heavenly contentment, of course, but if you have an earthly contentment, it's because you're where God put you. You see? But in all probability, you're not a Jew. That Jew, can't, that Jew can be sitting here, but there, 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 there's something in him that he can't explain and can't define. And there's something in him that says, I've got to get back to the land. I've got to get back. And he knows, he knows all the jeopardy that's there. He knows about all the threats. He knows about all the difficulties. But in spite of all of that, he says, I just got to go. I got to go. Who's doing it? God's doing it. As far as I'm concerned, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest miracle on this planet in our age, there's just no other way to explain it. Okay, next week, uh, we're going to get further refined verification by studying anti-Semitism uh, for centuries. All right? We're not just going to, you know, it's not just going to be recently. We're going to talk about uh, anti-Semitism as far back as we can possibly go. And uh, it's going to be a very interesting study, so I, I would encourage you to definitely uh, check it out uh, next week, Lord willing. Well, folks, that uh, should just about do it for us. All right. Well, thank you 
folks, for taking the time to be with us tonight. Uh, if you would, head on over to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Click on that contact section and send us over any comments or questions that you might have. Also, what you could do is look for that support this podcast tab. And if you could help us out with a, with a contribution of your time, talent, or treasure, we would really, really appreciate that. And it would go a very, very long way. All right, folks. Before we sign off uh, for the moment, let me also say thank you to the folks over at Podcast Guru for broadcasting us live. Don't forget to check out all of the 2.0 platforms that are available to you. And folks, until we come together again next time, win the lost, no matter the cost. God bless you. Take care. Well, that's about it, really.